You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me, I have my good friend Alex from A-Town Review. Say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. And tonight, we are actually doing a trick-or-treat horror movie review. And to be honest with you, this is my first time watching trick-or-treat. I haven't, I've heard of it, but I never got a chance to experience trick-or-treat for the first time. What about you, though? This, this is my second time viewing it and the, the last time everyone kept telling me alex you gotta watch trick-or-treat it's like one of the best horror movies of all time and i was like well we'll see about that so i got, I got <laughs> quite a bit to say same here as well especially when you look at anthology films and things like that this does feel like a creep show kind of film versus a tv show especially with the opening scene where you basically have these two adult trick-or-treaters they're coming home and they're taking down the Halloween decorations because the wife is just getting tired of the decorations and stuff like that. And so basically what winds up happening is the fact that, okay, she's getting tired of that. The guy, the husband wants to go upstairs to his bedroom and everything and, uh, and have sex with her. But before he does that, she has to go on ahead and take down the decorations and stuff. And as that's happening, you have several other things that are happening within the town itself as well, which I like the fact that they played into the town and the way they did the town aspect of it. And speaking of which, I'm just going to go into the plot details a little bit. The film takes place over the course of Halloween, the fictional town of Warren Valley, Ohio. The story is told in a narrate narrative with characters crossing paths with each other throughout the film. At the center of the story is Sam, as a particular trick-or-treater dressed in pajamas and a blurp sack who appears to enforce the rules of Halloween. But like I mentioned before, in the opening scene, Emma and her loving husband, Henry, returned after celebrating a night. Emma blows out their jack-o'-lanterns before midnight, which Henry advises against tradition. While Henry takes a rest in the house, Emma begins tearing down the front lawn decorations when she is suddenly uh, ambushed and murdered by an unseen uh, zillionth. Hours later, Henry discovers her mutilated corpse on display with the decorations. <clears throat> so, what did you think of that opening scene whenever she gets mutilated? Uh, as soon as the movie started, my first thought was, I hope she dies. <laughs> because I was like, oh, she's like one of the, 
the the, the wife is like so awful. Like, come on, how, how do you hate Halloween so much that you just need to take down all the decorations? And then also, if you're married to someone who hates Halloween that much, why do you have so many decorations put up? I didn't understand. <laughs> understand it's probably that. just a troll. It's probably just a troller on how much he loves Halloween versus how much she hates it. Because I know husbands that would probably go ahead and just troll their wives over it. It's kind of like women who don't like football and men do, in a sense. So therefore, they're going to troll their wives no matter what, even though they dislike something. Like, but I'm putting up the decorations. <laughs> but my thing is this: Why does she have to wait on? Why does she have to tear it down on Halloween night? Couldn't they just <laughs> wait it until the day after to tear down the decorations? Yeah, it was almost midnight, right? So I'm like, girl, right. it, it's late. Just do that in the morning, like right. a normal person. <laughs> then, of course, we, the way that they actually played off the narrative of it, whenever Henry does wind up discovering her body, she has something shoved in her mouth. She's actually hung up on the decorations. It has that, like I said before, it definitely has that Tales from the Crypt kind of vibe mixed in also with Creepshow. Because, of course, in the opening scene, we actually see the comic book of Trick or Treat, we, of course, with her mutilated body with something shoved in her mouth. Of course, Henry also winds up dying. Then you also see somebody smashing pumpkins in the next scene and things like that. And, of course, it happens to be the kid from Bad Santa that's doing the smashing of the pumpkins. So what's like, your... oh, look at him, all grown up, <laughs> slightly. <laughs> With a little bit of Billy Bob. <laughs> yeah. But this one is actually called The Principal, which Charlie is an overweight Ben Bill who smashes jack-o'-lanterns and is caught stealing candy from an unattended bowl left by the school principal, Stephen Wilkins. Uh, seemingly taking the offensive in stride, he offers Charlie a candy bar as they sit on the porch with Wilkins giving a lecture on why the rules and traditions of Halloween must be respected and obeyed. <laughs> so he got a lecture all right. <laughs> yeah, he, he you think he learned his lesson? Just oh that for for me that was the most painful scene to watch when he was just vomiting and I'm like, oh. He ate too much candy. That's blood. Oh no! Right, <laughs> because the first thing we see, because the first thing we see, of course, is the special effects for the chocolate whenever it's vomiting out of his mouth. Then you see the blood. I'm like, ooh. I'm like, that, that's coming from the gut. Ugh. And I'm like, they're they're killing kids in this movie. Okay, I wasn't expecting that. Usually in horror movies, when a child's getting killed, you know, they they cut away and just imply. But this movie's like, nope. Watch this kid die an awful death. And it's an awful death. To be honest with you, I feel bad for him. I really do. The poor kid was, uh, don't get me wrong, he was smashing jack-o'-lanterns and stuff and things like that. But that's like a hard lesson to be learned whenever you're a kid and the the principal winds up killing you for smashing jack-o'-lanterns and how certain things must be protected because of the fact of tradition of Halloween. <laughs> that yeah. is a little dark. Yeah, I was like, you know, that kid probably deserves, you know, to get jumped by other kids, but I don't know about murdered. And then, of course, we also see this other thing being played out, too, as he begins discussing how to properly crave a uh, carve a jack-o'-lantern. Charlie begins feeling unwell until he begins, like I said before, he projects the blood and everything. He ends up hanging out. Uh, can't, so the principal winds up handing out candy to the rest of the kids 
from the uh, from the school as well. I'm thinking to myself, did they? Su- well, of course they survived because of the fact number one, they weren't smashing jack o' lanterns, so there must have been a special candy just for the for the kid. Maybe, but I, I was still uncomfortable. Like, oh man, I don't trust any of the candy he's given out. I'm pretty sure everyone is gonna have a bad night. <laughs> maybe X lax, maybe something on those lines, just to get rid of the kids or no. somewhere. That guy on the toilet. That guy was creepy. I was like, okay, about a serial killer. I'm, all right, let's do it. <laughs> and then, of course, he's burying the body. And then his son, he's like, hey, dad, are you going to take me trick or treat? No, go watch Charlie Brown. Well, Charlie Brown's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and he's burying the body like it's nothing, like he's doing home and garden. And everything. That's what makes it even funnier, though. It's like, go watch uh, TV. Go watch Charlie Brown. I was like, how dare you call Charlie Brown an asshole? <laughs> Everyone else in that was an asshole to Charlie Brown. He was a saint. But, uh, you know, it's definitely different whenever it comes down to his kid, though, because then it goes into where basically now they're carving they have the kid's head on a plate and they're basically trying to carve him like a pumpkin. Yeah, that part, that part was, I liked that part because I was confused by it. And it was a good confusion because I'm like, oh, dang, is the kid even aware that his dad is a serial killer? Does he know this is an actual kid's head or does he think it's just, oh, this is just a, a thing my dad made and it looks like a person's head. Like, so I was wondering that. I was like, at first I thought he was going to kill his son. This is kind of what it was. T- I'm like, he's about to stab his son. And then <laughs> like, no, I'm like, oh, his son's in on it. He's raising a serial killer. Right. And that's something that was really unusual for me to see that being played out like that. Where it's like, okay, maybe the kid might not survive this. Maybe his son might wind up dying too. And now he's burying him in the backyard. But if you look at the scene very closely, his son's eyes look kind of dark compared to where we first see him. Because when he's carving oh, on the kid's head and everything, it kind of looks like his eyes are kind of glazed over a little. Oh. I didn't know if you noticed that or not. but No, I didn't. I didn't notice it the first time, but the second time I was viewing this, which is tonight, before the review, I kind of noticed that there was like a little bit of blackness in his eyes. Okay. That's... That's cool that you pointed that out because I, I I was thinking something similar. Not I, I didn't see what his eyes looked like, but I'm like, just how the kid was enjoying carving the the head of lantern. I was like, oh, he 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 actually might be in on this whole killing thing because he he he's having too much fun here. Exactly because it was really unusual, but also too I really feel it. I feel like it's kind of ironic the the child principal the son's son happens to be uh, doing this and everything. It's just crazy on that kind of level of thinking that they actually did this in a movie and stuff like that, because I've never seen that play out before. It also has this eighties kind of vibe to it to back to the cheesiness of it, which is something I appreciated with this film. It didn't take itself serious. It actually knew what it was, which is like a horror, dark comedy kind of feel to it. Yeah, definitely as well. And, you know, at that time though, I like how everyone passes each other in the in the town as well, because each person's going through their own individual story. 
And that's something that I really liked about it. So you actually have, after that happens, you see the, of course, it goes into a couple of hours later where the husband and the wife is still alive. And then you see um, these other kids that are doing trick-or-treating. And this one's actually called the Halloween School Bus Massacre. It's a group of trick-or-treaters, three of which were the ones who got the candy from Principal uh, Wilkins, Macy, Sarah, Chip, and Chandler, and collecting jack-o'-lanterns when they meet Rhonda, a devoted Halloween traditionalist and said to be a savant. The group travels to a local flooded quarry where Macy recalls the urban legend of the Halloween school bus, a massacre, which claimed the, the lives of eight children with disabilities in a school bus on Halloween. The driver, who had been paid by their uh, workout parents, dis, uh, dis, uh, disposed of them. Sadly, damn, this town's dark. <laughs> but <laughs> this town is very dark. This town gets one star. Would not recommend raising Definitely. children here. And there's no one to really root for in this movie at all, if you think about it. And also, too, this story has a Nightmare on Elm Street 2 kind of vibe to it because of dealing with the school bus. And in the opening scene with Nightmare on Elm Street 2, you're dealing with a school bus and the school driver, ha- school bus driver happens to transform into Freddy Cougar. I, do- I don't want him driving my bus. <laughs> I got stuff to do. Get out, Freddy. <laughs> Same here, but I also don't want to be one of those kids on a bus be- with disabilities and the bus driver gets paid off for whacking their own kids. That is dark and creepy. I'd rather have Freddy Cougar kill me than my own parents who paid off a school a school bus driver, to be that, honest. That broke my heart. Like I, I was legit sad. I'm like, really? You're just going to murder your kids like that? Like, I don't know how the bus driver was able to go through with it. Exactly. But also, too, I liked how they went into the flashbacks of it, where they tell the legend of the urban legend of the school bus. And then, uh, then of course, you see it being played out. And like I said before, the coloring, the color scheme of it feels very 80s, kind of no. 70s kind of vibe. Because I love the coloring of it. The coloring aspect scheme looks beautiful, if you mm. think about it. Until they had yeah, killed, but until murder right otherwise right yeah yeah it's definitely paying homage to like 80s horror film and definitely with the like you said earlier with the creep show i I just kept thinking back to it i was was like this is i like this i didn't really i didn't appreciate it the first my first time watching it but the second time i was like you know i i do like this this is okay I think so too, because I feel like this is a film that the director knew what he, they wanted out of their characters and stuff like that in their actors, and they knew the tone that they were trying to go for. This is mm. not a case of misidentification with a movie. This is a movie where I feel like it knows what it wants to be, and it knows yeah. the audience that it's trying to get to. So that's the positives for me when it comes down to this movie and stuff like that. And it's a good, fun movie that you can pop on for about 96 minutes or whatever and just have a good time experiencing this town and these characters walking in the same distance with each other and experiencing their own adventures on Halloween. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I really liked about it. What about you, though? Yeah, I... And I'll talk more about it once we 
get closer to the end, but it's just this. Okay. I, I do really like the it's a, the first time it 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 took a while for me to grow to for it to grow on me because I, I wasn't feeling the cheesiness, but rewatching it again, like just kind of getting a better idea of what the director was going mm-hmm. for. Like I started appreciating it more. I was like, okay, yeah, I can see where the comedy aspect plays out. The the dark comedy, comedy plays out. I like, I do, I am getting into the cheesiness and I especially love how it puts like just glimpses of the, what's the demon's name? Sam, Sam the demon just you know you just see him in the background just watching the events go on i just like how everything is connected in this movie it's kind of like he's the narrator in a sense where he's just watching things happen he knows that there's going to be chaos at the end of it but he just likes seeing certain things being played out you know yeah he's like oh something's about to pop up here (laughs) hey tamika hello (laughs) hello but I like how they are playing that part out. And then of course the, and then of course I also like how the kids are traveling to this edge of this mountain type of thing where the school bus just goes over the cliff with these poor kids. And you see this elevator shaft goes down, go down. And then of course you see them pranking the other kids uh, and everything too. But you can tell that one of the kids actually had feelings for this other girl. And stuff like that. But he's really trying to hide it so the way that people are not going to make fun of him. Pure pressure. But, you know, I just feel bad that I wanted something to where I could root for a certain character. And be like, okay, they made it out of this situation alive. Yeah, he was a douchebag. But at the same time, he had feelings for this girl. So maybe there might be something there in the future. But mm-hmm. no, that's not the case. After the prank go- happens... Nobody believes that they're dying or anything like that. They don't believe there's zombies coming out of the uh, water or, or anything. That terrified me. Zombies always scare me. Getting eaten, the, the idea of getting eaten terrifies me. If I can guarantee one way I can never die, it's getting eaten, eaten alive. But yeah, that that was gruesome. That part, like you don't like this movie is very much for child murder. <laughs> No, <laughs> and I wasn't prepared for that. Even in my second viewing, it still like caught me. You don't see it. You don't see the kids getting torn apart, but you can hear it. You can hear the noises and then screaming. And, the, and I was just like, oh my God, I don't <laughs> like not even one of the kids could be redeemed. Like, right. Like, give you me, feel for it. Right. Give me, give me something. Rufa. <laughs> Once again, like these kids are, you know, excuse my language. They're dicks. But I don't think they deserve to get torn apart. <laughs> like I thought it was going to be like they get scarred for life. Like sure, yeah, they can. They deserve that. They're bullies. Scar them for life. But man, this movie t- did not care. It no, wanted, it wanted <laughs> no. blood. And that's another thing, though, too, that I liked about this. You don't have to see the kids being torn apart to get the feel of something being horrified to them or anything like that, because just their screams and their echoes alone can be horrifying enough without it actually showing us what's happening. And that's something that I liked about it was it gives us a little bit of a mystery element as to how far they were going with it, with them being torn apart. But I'm happy at what they showed us mm. with it. And like I said, the children all perished and the driver was never heard from again. Macy announces they will leave eight jack-o'-lanterns by the lake as tribute to the dead children, the group then possess, poses as the undead 
kids to prank a terrified Rhonda. Shagan Rhonda stays at the elevator while the group cleans up their uh, props. Maisie ends up kicking one of the lanterns into the quarry, causing the real children of, to be un unawakened and appear. The group flees to the elevator after one of them assault, um, assaulted and killed uh, and begging Rhonda to let them in. However, Rhonda takes the elevator up like a good girl without them and uh, quietly walks home as she overhears the screaming group being torn apart and eaten. She briefly encounters Sam while leaving and the two exchange a respectful glance. Sam is just chilling. <laughs> yeah. Chilling on that log, just like kind of beating his head to the, the, the music of the kids being torn apart. I'm like, this is... Bloodthirsty. <laughs> it definitely is. And he's like, hey girl, what's up? I, I saw what you did there. That was tight. Yeah, she proud. just peaced out. She's like, nope. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Which I can't blame her in a sense for leaving them down there because of the fact that they were douchebags to her. But at least leave that one kid that was kind of into you with you because of the fact that he was into you. You know, even though he was being peer pressured by his friends. Uh, I mean, it just goes back to like, I don't think they deserve to die, but, you know, that's what you get, too. <laughs> you know, He's like you shouldn't be mean to people. <laughs> uh, Tamika says it, it's interesting how other regions outside the United States write and direct horror films. This film was fa fascinating. I definitely have to say it is a fascinating story. I, I always liked stories like this whenever it comes down to uh, the dynamic of what's what I'm thinking of whenever basically it's just other stories being told. And I like mm. that. I really do. And to be honest with you, I really wish stranger things would have done this where basically as those other kids are going through their own things and season two, you see them pass by each other in the hallway and the other kids are doing their own, their other adventure within shape uh, with uh, within Hawkins. So yeah. I wish that they would have played that narrative rather than just being revolved around those characters. Don't get me wrong. I love Tootless. I love those other characters, but I wish that they could have actually played off of that narrative and then maybe bring them back for season three, whenever they're connected together. But I still need to watch Stranger Things. <laughs> dude, it is so good. Stranger Things is probably one of my favorite shows. I watched it while it was underground before it got popular. Oh, man. And I fell in love with it <laughs> instantly. Yeah, I got to check it out. I, I seen a clip here and there, and I'm like, ooh, this looks like something I would totally be into. And I just never I, – I, I sucked with TV shows. I, I just never sit down and watch. I'll be honest with you. The last one I watched was Squid Games, and then I got invested into you season three because I watched season one and two. So it's hard for me to actually invest in a TV sh series, but this to me is a great way of actually going and watching a TV series. Stranger Things is easy to digest. It's easy to relate to, and I strongly recommend it. I'll check it out. All right. So that's just a little hyphen with our review with <laughs> Stranger Things. But anyways, back over to the surprise party, which is another story within this universe revolving these uh, these women who are getting ready for a Halloween party. And basically, they're trying to find guys to sleep with. Usually, it's the guys who's trying to find girls to sleep with. But in this one, there there's actually women that are looking for the guys and happens to be in a 
um, Halloween store where one girl winds up uh, hitting on this one guy. And then also, too, in the alleyway, before you would get introduced into those girls, there's someone that is actually hitting on this one girl and uh, actually caressing her, biting her on the inside and everything, and then also, too, killing her. So that was a lot. That was gruesome. That was a gruesome death. I was like, "Uh oh, we got a another another killer, like a like a person seeking, like being a predator towards women." I was like, "Oh, great! This one's. I have a feeling this one's going to be very sad too." Right, and I didn't even know what they were going for with that guy because of the fact that he's in the alley, he has vampire fangs, and he's also feasting on her insides basically which is her biting in her insides which is you know really kind of gruesome well really gruesome based off of what we saw and he winds up dying and then she winds up dying and then of course we wind up going into these other girls which is supposed to be the surprise party laurie a self-conscious young woman arrives in a town with her sister danielle and her friends mary and janet they pick up dates Save Lori, who wants her first time to be special and declines their invitation to get together with her sister's other friends to stay and enjoy the town festivals instead. And of course, they're also dressed up like Disney characters, all except the girl who's trying to be reserved and who's dressed up like Little Red Riding Hood. So I thought that was actually interesting to actually, to have a sister that is pretty much, you know, observing her sisters, don't want to be that that woman that her sisters are. And trying to reserve herself for marriage. Yeah, I was. I I, I remember her. What, what it was Anna Anna Paquin? Yeah, oh, it's right. It's right there. I see. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, it's Rogue. It's Rogue from X Men. I was so happy to see her. I was too, and also Suki from uh, True Blood. Yes, that's, that's also right. She was Suki too. Another right. show I need to watch, but I. My parents love that show, so I do recognize her name from that. I was like, no, Rogue, please don't die by this <laughs> vampire man thing. Because I wasn't sure where they were going with that plot line. I'm like, okay, where's this going? What's the darker element to this part? And Tamika said, then dressing as Disney characters, do you think that was a shot at Disney films? I don't think so. I think it was just them trying to be like a naughty version of Disney characters because every girl that I know of during the during their 18, 17, 18 years old or whatever age they are, they would dress up like naughty Disney characters. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Who were you, uh, Stefan? <laughs> oh, I went Tarzan. I had the speedo. I had a, I had the little spear. You know, I was just being naughty. I was feeling fresh. <laughs> so fresh and so clean. Yeah. Speaking of feeling fresh <laughs> and everything, um, this is what I want to talk about real quick. Manscape. <laughs> so basically, if you use the promo code for Manscape and everything, you it's actually going to be our promo code is going to be movie lovers unite and you get 20 percent off of manscape and everything you but you know who could actually use manscaping alex who's that cousin it from the adams family <laughs> could you imagine him trying to trim his balls and everything and it's just 
too complicated, especially when you're like, ah! <laughs> you know, but <laughs> with the grain, but, with the grain, right? But you know what though, cousin it should have used. He should have used Manscaped because you know why? Manscaped has an LED light for all those hard to reach places that Cousin It couldn't even see. You know? <laughs> I, I I might need to get on on that. I love me some UV lights. But yeah, and then of course, you know, you also have the charging cord. You have everything like that going on with it. Then of course, you know, you can't go wrong with shaving your balls. In the right way, in the right grooming way, or anything like that, you you don't want to nick your balls in any kind of way or capacity. And that's one of the best things about Manscape is the fact that it's waterproof. You can take it in the bat- bathroom with you, and things like that. It is a fantastic thing. Your matter of fact, your balls will thank you for it. I I'm gonna have to thank you for this promo code because I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have yeah, to go check out. Go on ahead, get yourself a, yeah, go on ahead and get yourself a 20% off promo code from Movie Lovers Unite. It's perfect. And it's also perfect for Christmas. I'm ready. All right. So with that being said, that's it for uh, our advertisement for Manscaped. So I hope that you enjoyed that aspect of it. So now we're going to go on ahead and get into the rest of the surprise party stuff. So what was the most standout thing about that for you? Ah oh, well, definitely the the ending, but we'll 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 get into to that in a sec. But I I like how it, it took me in the the second viewing to realize all the little hints that they put throughout in the beginning of this segment of the movie that would basically gave away the ending of this segment so there's a little hint here like just like the costumes they were wearing the things they were saying it was just like i was like oh it's kind of off and then re-watching it again i was like oh that's what they were talking about so it, 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 this was fun the second time just like oh i already know what's coming but how they build up to it was very clever most definitely because i wasn't sure where they were gonna get go with it to be honest with you I wasn't sure if they were going to go ahead and have other twists and turns into this, but I appreciated the twist when we saw it, to be honest with you. Um, But then we also see Sam. This is also another thing, too, that we're going to get into a little later. But, you know, we also see the girls hitting on the guy that was in the alleyway in this, though, too. Yeah, I I thought this was going to be a more tame part of the movie because i was like oh it's just you know kind of like a slasher villain i guess like he's, he's gonna be going after this woman like compared to the zombie children we saw in the previous segment i was like oh that's kind of a more step back towards realism and i was like at first disappointed but you know we know better. right exactly and then of course they wind up taking him over to this uh, uh into the woods and things like that. We're not sure where they're going with it or anything like that. We're not sure why they're going into the woods. But then we see the, of course, we wind up seeing the guy from the Halloween store in there. You also see, of course, um, you wind up seeing everybody else that was part of this town. And these girls pretty much taking advantage of this, these guys and everything. When Or the guys trying to take care, you know, 
trying to take advantage of them. But overall, though, the storyline itself is actually pretty interesting, especially when you're dealing with the twist. So basically, you have them turn into werewolves at the end of this part. And that was something I was not thinking about, to be honest. At first, I thought they were succubus that they were turning into. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about the werewolf vibe until like later on, but I'm thinking to myself, it would have been a whole lot easier for them just to go about doing a succubus versus doing a werewolf because it makes more sense for them to be a succubus than a werewolf. Yeah, because I, I, th- that was funny too, because it was just like the whole time they were hinting about you know sex like you were th- you were assuming they were talking about sex like oh it's gonna be your first time i want my first time to be special like oh you're not talking about sex you're talking about eating someone <laughs> uh, like when they started transforming that was actually one of the coolest transformations into a werewolf that i've seen in a movie it was like no i was they looked terrifying and then i felt i kind of felt bad for a lot of the dudes because most of the dudes there weren't like sleazy sleazy dudes or anything they were just like oh it's just some guys that were invited to a party by party. hot women so, so you know it's like yeah I'm sure i'm not doing anything so i was like oh once again there's like more people who don't deserve to die but the dude the vampire guy if you want to talk about who he ends up being he gets yeah, his come up with. yeah i'll let you do that one i'll let you talk about that so the vampire guy that's been stalking little Red Riding Hood, Anna Paquin, turns out to be the principal, the serial killer principal, who just was like, you know, I'm going to keep being a killer outside of my house. I'm going to leave my child home all alone with a, he- with a dead body, and I'm just going to go murder people. But he ends up being one of the victims of these werewolves. And I thought that was awesome because I was like, all right, cool, someone... At least he got got his just desserts, and then the werewolves got their dessert. <laughs> exactly. And to be honest with you, I think that the principal was the one who deserved it the most. Yeah. To be honest with you, he the principal deserved to die the most out of everybody that was in this film. Even though I said there's no one to really root for or anything like that, or deserve to be killed, it was definitely the principal that deserved to be killed because of everything that he did in this small town. And stuff like that. And also, too, the transformation of the werewolves was really good and gruesome. And them peeling away their skin and then how slimy it looked. And the and it, it gave me... It was really creepy. I'm not going to lie. I, yeah. I was really... It looks like a lot of practical effects. Yeah, that was something it. that I was really blown away with. It was the practical effects with it. And I think those are... Like, honestly, I prefer practical effects mm-hmm. in horror movies than any kind of CGI. Because it just looks... It looks more terrifying. It just, it just looks better. Like, I know it takes a problem. I assume it takes a long time and, you know, it's hard to do. But it, if it's done right, it looks good. Definitely. Most definitely. And like I said, I love the practical effects. I always love practical effects when it comes down to horror films, to be honest with you. Don't get me wrong. I like some CGI mixed with practical effects, but not oversaturation of CGI because oversaturation of CGI takes me out of the movie. Like mm-hmm. I Frankenstein, uh, Underworld, which I love the very first Underworld, but the other, but I feel like the other ones were oversaturation when it comes down to the Underworld films. Yeah, definitely. The but, uh, super CGI monsters always make me just so disappointed. I'm like, oh, you don't look 
good at all. So I'm not even scared of you anymore. <laughs> and then, of course, we have uh, Sam, <laughs> um, who winds up uh, Halloween-hitting neighbor, scares away trick-or-treaters at his door to steal the candy. As the neighbor night pro uh, proceeds, Cake begins to encounter escalating phenomena. Someone who throws eggs at his window, his lawn, is unexpectedly filled with in um basically made jack-o'-lanterns in his hallways and ceilings and printed with bloody halloween greetings craig is suddenly ambushed by sam and allegedly brawls ensues during which sam loses his mask and is real the dynamic looking pumpkin skull child <laughs> sam's supernatural abilities cause him to continually have the upper hand and he eventually moves in a del in to deliver the killing blow to Craig. However, Sam winds up stabbing a chocolate bar that had landed in Craig's lap, and instead he takes and eats. This makes Craig complete. The tradition of handing out candy on Halloween satisfied Sam, spears a confused Craig, and gives him one last glance of warning before leaving. Photographs in the fireplace reveals Craig to be, to be the bus driver that killed the eight children. So how about that for a plot twist? <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, they're they're connecting all these stories. They're starting to connect the stories now. That's cool. I, I definitely love that. I Yeah, I, I really liked that, too. I was, I was waiting for something to connect them. And even though it's only like a couple, two, like two of the stories, I would prefer to all of them to be connected in some way. But it was it was a cool plot twist to see. And. To be honest, I loved Sam. I thought he was so adorable. Like with the sack on his head when it was off, he's ugly. I don't want to, I don't want to touch him, but with it on and the little little noises he makes, I was like, "You're you're so cute. I would give him all the candy." Look at him. I think so too. I would actually give him my candy as well. And maybe a manscape to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you need a shave, little demon. There you go. <laughs> But still, dude, I mean, I love that character of Sam. Sam is just one of those characters that you can instantly fall in love with for Halloween because he, who he to me, represents Halloween mm -hmm. in the way that needs to be re represented. And Sam is just this, one of those lovable mascot characters within this film that I love. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly would have preferred... Like, I liked that this movie was an anthology. That's what it's called, right? Right, it's an anthology. anthology. But... I would have preferred a whole movie just dedicated to Sam. Just like a whole, there's a group of people that don't care about Halloween. <laughs> you won't get my candy. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not how this works. You have to give them the candy. <laughs> She's like, screw Sam. I'm going to get my candy. <laughs> no, these are my Skittles. I'll fight him to the death for those Skittles. Just give me my strawberry Starburst and my dark chocolates and I'm good to go. <laughs> just give him the candy corn. Here. Candy corn and Twizzlers; those are the things I don't eat. Right, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, this is definitely an anthology film. Yeah, I yeah, I was just saying I would prefer like a whole movie where this is just dedicated to him going after like a group of people who don't care about Halloween. Like I was, I would I would have really liked to see that because he, the concept of Sam was really cool. I agree, and I think that they said they were trying to make a part two to this, if I'm not mistaken. At one mm -hmm. time. I, I did hear that too. 
but I don't think it actually went into development or anything. I think um, I think they were just telling us that, so we would leave them alone. <laughs> exactly, I think so too. I think they just got our hopes up for no reason. But I wouldn't mind if they did like a dive into the town mm-hmm. and wonder what's causing this darkness within this town that's causing these people to act the way they are acting. Yeah, and why won't anyone move? <laughs> that's that's another thing I was wondering about. <laughs> It was like, hey, there was a werewolf attack last week, and honey, should we get the hell out of here? I can see it happens all the time. It'll be okay. <laughs> just, just don't go to parties. Don't go to parties. Oh, don't go don't to quarries. T- <laughs> no. And don't go visit your principal. That's another thing. <laughs> but uh, later, Craig uh, begins giving out candy. T- to children before gazing in the neighborhood he witnesses Rhonda casually pulling her pumpkin cart along he sees Billy handing out treats to other uh, kids while wearing a costume resembling his father's outfit and enjoying himself he observes Lori her sister and her friend driving along the road while having a good time he catches sight of Sam watching Emma and Henry returning home with him going to expect punishment uh, with Emma blows out the jack-o'-lantern he returns inside, only to receive a knock on the door. Craig opens it, revealing the reconstructed children waiting for him. The final shots of the film show Craig brutally dismembered by the children who finally got their vengeance. That and that, rough. my kid, that kids is how Trick or Treat ends. <laughs> With death. death, 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 death. But overall, a very well entertained film. And well-grounded for it to be the way it is. And they were able to keep everything cohesive to where it kept everything intact. All except maybe a couple of storylines that we mentioned. Mm-hmm. But still, the main ones were the principal being connected and stuff like that. Which is something that I was really appreciative of that. Yeah. And I like that they always threw in Sam in each storyline. He was always somewhere. Like, even when the werewolves were eating all the dudes, he'd just see him. He's just in the middle of the camp, just, like, just dancing to whatever noise is happening around him. And that made me wonder, like, do do, you, do the werewolves and all that notice Sam, too? That's something I never... I don't know. I think that Sam is basically, like, the narrator, where basically, you know, certain people might recognize him or whatever, and some he just stays behind the shadows and just watches as the story plays out. On some of them, depending on how dark it is, I guess. I don't know. That's actually an interesting question. It's like maybe maybe he can choose whether or not you see him. Something that, like that. That could be a good possibility, to be honest. I I say like overall for, for me, this movie, the first time I didn't really care for it. The second time watching this, I liked it a bit better. But it's still I what I still don't like about this movie this usually with a lot of horror movies that end this way. I don't like it when it's, when a horror movie is just like, Oh, death, murder, death, murder, death, murder, horrible, like a scary ending. And that's it. Go home. (laughs) It's just like, Oh, I feel, I feel terrible the whole time. And then I feel terrible by the end of it. Cause you know, everyone's dead. So, all right. You know, I'm not, me, me right. personally, I'm not one to just like get satisfaction from watching people get brutally murdered. Right. It's just like, oh, I need 
someone to like, someone to root for. I need some kind of resolution. Like, and, I, and I guess this bus driver who murdered the kids getting killed by those kids is resolution. But I, I just wanted someone to like in this movie besides Sam, the killer demon. Right. And that's the thing, though, with this film. There's no one that you can really root for, no one that you can really relate to, no one that you can actually say, you know what? That other person wasn't so bad, other than that one kid who was into peer pressure or whatever. But still, there was like a lot of murder death, and there was no one to root for. And I do agree with you. I mean, I don't like it when there's no one to really root for, unless there's a main character where you start off as a ball bag, and then he starts transforming into the character that we know and love later on. And this one, it just goes from character to character, and each character doesn't get evolved. It's just darker elements of other characters within this town. Exactly. Okay. I'm I'm sad now. (laughs) (laughs) But with that being said, Alex, where can everybody reach you at if they want to follow you and all that other good stuff? You guys can follow me at 8townalex3 on Twitter or Instagram. And you can also check out my channel on eight town reviews. I post every Monday and Friday and love to see you guys there. All right. And of course, guys, you guys can go on and follow me underneath movie lovers, TV lovers night on Facebook underneath the same name on Pinterest and on Instagram as well. Then of course you guys can go, go on ahead and get yourself an audio only podcast of this episode and many episodes that we do here, wherever you guys get your podcasts from. Another thing, too, is we actually teamed up with Two Blur Girls Podcast, which is the podcast that Tamika's um, part of, which is also part of Tamara's uh, podcast as well. And we partnered up with them for a little charity with Scentsy. And it's also through St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So all the proceeds go over to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. If you get yourself a Scentsy, 5 to $10 or whatever else that you might want to buy with Scentsy's and stuff like that, goes over for a good cause at the Children of St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Then, of course, guys, you guys can go on ahead and donate to my page. How do you do that? You're just going ahead, donate 5 to $10 by going to Movie Lover. By the way... I had a little bit of a glitch, but I'm back. Oh, okay, so basically what you're going to do is you're going to go to GoFundMe.com forward slash Movie Lovers Podcast, and that's how you can donate 5 to $10 over there. But if you don't, we totally understand. A simple like, a simple share, smashing the subscribe button definitely helps. Smashing that little bell in the bottom right-hand corner also helps, too, to let you guys know that we have something new. But speaking of something new, we actually have a couple of trailers being released this week, uh, trailer reactions that Charlie and I did. And we have the Black Adam trailer being released tomorrow at 11 o'clock Central Time. Then after that, we uh, we have another trailer being released, part of the DC fandoms. So all through the week, you're going to have a bunch of DC fandom trailers that we reacted to. Today, we released the Batman trailer. So you might want to go on ahead and check that out. Then, of course, guys, go on ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter. And then underneath the same brand name, of course, Movie Lovers Unit 001 on on TikTok as well. Then, of course, you guys can go on ahead, reach out to me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. That's everywhere that you can reach me at. And I do appreciate Tamika taking the time out watching our review of Trick or Treat. And yes, it's like True Blood. They don't move either in that town. Nope. True Blood, they don't move either whenever you're dealing with different things. They have werewolves, they have fairies, they have. Uh, Vampires in their town, all the above in the fantasy world and realm of True Blood. Just so, get out. <laughs> that's all you got to do. Just 
go on ahead, move out, and you'll be good to go. But anyways, I do appreciate your time, Alex, talking about Trick or Treat. It was always a pleasure to have you on. And good luck on the rest of your uh, YouTube channel and everything. I do appreciate everything you do over there. And always until next time, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. Yeah, bye-bye.